Welcome to the Myofascial Health Podcast, hosted by me, Unu. Follow along as I explore the depths of John Barnes' myofascial release approach on my road to mastery. Along the way, I'll be sharing the lessons I learned as I open my myofascial release practice in Austin, Texas, so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I do. Welcome back to the Myofascial Health Podcast. I am joined here today by a very successful myofascial release therapist. She has decades of experience, also a doula and a nurse that I found out, and she has found her way to myofascial release. Welcome to the show, Rowena Kua. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Uru. What's up? <laughs> Glad to be on this on the show again. We just got done with healing seminar and you had sent a group of your people there. And what was very cool about this experience is without you having to tell us or help us find each other, we just happened to sit in the same area, which I would say is a moment of synchronicity. Joe actually said that he got a text saying, hey, you should find that Unu. And right when you sent that text, I happened to walk right in front of him and sit right next to it. Oh, I had no clue. So that was how that all panned out. Now, uh, it was a great experience, so I can't help but thank you for orchestrating us kind of connecting because that became a huge part of the experience. Awesome. Now, I'm here visiting you in San Antonio, and you are here with your husband, Patrick, and we're catching up, we're telling stories, and can you share about how your experience was with him going to healing seminar? That was many years ago. And to be honest, he really loved and was intrigued by John and his wisdom and the experience there. But he himself, because you know his training is in engineering, couldn't really let go to go there to unwind, to feel safe to unwind, to let go. He had an awesome experience to kind of know what we do and like the gist of things and yes there is a science to it and there's an energetic portion to it and he was all about it and he was just grateful to be there because he got to see people unwind and he actually can see what they were going through their trauma or whatever it was their situation was so to get that feedback from him it was really good and he get to meet some of my mfr friends and like he really enjoyed them too and the company and but you know he, he i think he overall i think he had a great experience i do would like to take him again uh, maybe this time he will unwind it's always a possibility but you always have to meet your clients and patients where they're at. And I'll say Absolutely. that I got to share my healing seminar with Yvette, my partner. And it was the same thing where I had to learn to detach from the outcome because I wanted it to be like a environment where she could see me in my element. This is something that I'm really passionate about. And I had all these thoughts before going in, which is also another reminder of the MFR principle to make sure you stay present. Don't try to think about what could happen, what should happen, just stay present. And I mentioned that because on day one, she got jarred when she first someone unwind on stage. And her initial reaction was, this isn't for me. 
I need to get out of here. Give me the keys. And I made the mistake of taking that personal. I was like, I can't believe you're doing this. I thought this was supposed to be for us. But I was able to recenter myself and recognize, man, this is going to be her own experience, good or bad, whatever. I just have to be there to accept it and support her through it. And I'll say for us, it was a very cool thing because even though she was so resistant to it on day one, by day four, the last day, she was actually able to let go a little bit. And that's the amazing part that you see. You're not expecting these huge, quick healing things to happen within a four day span. But as John does, he kicks these little pebbles that start the avalanche much later on. It could be days later, months later, even years later. And so for us to be able to have that experience, it has allowed me to not only remind myself of the MFR principles, not only remind myself of what it was like to be a beginner again, but it's also started this process where me and Yvette get to heal together. And I can't say that I can imagine doing this with anybody else. Yeah. With you and Patrick, uh, how has it affected y'all's relationship well I think by him going to the healing seminar and actually feeling and seeing things he was more appreciative of what I do and that like it's something that is I'm very passionate about that he's always been very supportive with the business aspect and the, the me taking courses and just like repeating constantly and yeah he's been very supportive of that because he knows that this is a craft that like when we you know when we have a craft we, we try to master it right yes. and as MFR therapists I feel like you know repeating courses getting treated that's how we master our craft and our proprioception our hands-on healing our you know intuitive sense of helping somebody excellent I think that was beautifully stated can I ask this is our craft this is something that we put a lot of time effort and energy into how did you first get introduced to this work it was through my own aches and pains headaches and migraines that I found MFR and pretty much I was a patient first that was just needing healing and being a gymnast growing up with with sports by the time I was I was a certain age I felt like I was 82 and at that time I was trying everything I did you know acupuncture biofeedback massage adjustment whatever it was and at the time I think I was working for a pain management specialist in New York and he was one of the top neurologists that was for like the USTA so we would have a lot of patients from the US Open the New York Jets so I had that he was like the top doctor that I had access to and pretty much he, all he could do was prescribe Imitrex and I just knew that there was something more so I searched for everything and everything out there and it just when I first got treated I just felt like wow this is something I don't know what it is per se I don't know how I can explain it but I just knew it was something that I needed to delve into and I felt right in my heart to continue to get treated as a patient to heal that is beautiful I think a lot of us will find this work through our own pains and injuries now I can't say that I I learned or was treated with myofascial release first. I kind of went in with the mindset that I wanted to be a great therapist, that I have a calling and a purpose to help other people heal from their pains and their injuries. And so I very much was just looking for, or what caught my attention was that it looked like it could help people. And I remember in my first seminars, I, you know, whenever we trade partners, 
you always ask them, do you want to be the patient first or the therapist first? And in the beginning, I was always the therapist. I was like, ooh, I want to be this person, right? I'm comfortable and I, I'm working on this You want craft. to be the giver. I want to be the giver. What's funny now is I can think back and now I'll actually give myself that space to, to feel into what is it that I do want to do? Do I want to be the giver or the receiver? And oftentimes it's tougher for me to be the receiver. And so that's something that I've kind of learned to process, recognize that that's something in myself that I need to challenge that belief system. Can you talk me through about what it was like going through your first seminars? I still remember it today. It was in New York. It was a series of MFR1, Unwinding, and MFR2. All I could say was pretty much life-changing because I was in a room with a group of people that were all wanting to heal, but also wanting to like eagerly learn how to do this to help people. And the series went really well. And I just felt like, yeah, this is my jam. And then in the first, I remember in the first few seminars I used to take, when people would get up there to unwind, to cry or to like, like noise out, it like I felt it in my heart and I felt it in my solar plexus where I felt for them because I felt their pain. But also deep down when I really felt it, I really felt like my own pain that also needed to be released. So they were helping me get in touch with what I needed to get rid of and needed to heal and, and like clear within myself. So over the years, like, you know, I see people unwinded. It doesn't, not that it doesn't affect me or it doesn't like, I'm not like intrigued by it because this stuff never gets boring, but it doesn't, because I've done a lot of healing. <laughs> I've done a lot of healing my heart, healing my soul, healing my body. So I just feel like, wow, it's a different interpretation now where they get what they're needing at that moment in time, just like what I did during all those times that I felt something through their experience that resonated with me. I think that was a great way to go about it. I can't say that I've always had that same wisdom. Sometimes when you see someone unwind, it can be very jarring because it looks kind of unnatural. And I'll just say when I went with Yvette and uh, the clients that you had sent, their first experience was all, you know, is this a paid actor? It seems like this is kind of out there. Like, is this even real? And I remember that I had those thoughts when I first got introduced to the work, whereas we just get jarred and we react to it. Whereas it seems like for you, when you saw that you could feel something inside of you get triggered, but instead of losing yourself and reacting to the trigger, you were able to feel in what it was inside yourself that needed healing as well as empathize with them in terms of what they needed to heal. Can I ask you, have you always had this empathic ability? I think so. I think we all have, and I'm learning this now too, is that like, I think we were all born with gifts to feel and to be sensitive, but there was no manual. There was no like encyclopedia to know like what to do with our energy or how do we protect our energy or what to do with these gifts that were given to us. So I think I hated being sensitive. I even was like, I don't like this. I, I cried a drop of hat. I feel things. I, I don't want to feel other people's stuff because it's just I'm trying to feel my own stuff. But when I come to realize it now is that like if we were kids and we were taught how to hone and literally like be able to know what to do with these feelings and sensations instead of like shut them down or block them, I think would be better human beings. So I, that's what I'm hoping to try to do with my own kids now that, you know, they can see by example that I'm doing my work and that it's okay to be expressive of my emotions and my feelings, but also still be uh, knowing that like being sensitive, it's actually a damn superpower. It is. 
like I use it to my advantage now because like I can feel and like I use it to like help people because if I was so disconnected and feeling then I wouldn't be able to connect with them to help them get to where they need to get to you got it now I see like yeah I'm a, I don't yeah empath I, I just sense and feel and now I know what to do. And sometimes I still don't know what to do because sometimes I can feel I'm trying to decipher what's mine and what's not mine. Yeah. Or sometimes if I get a client that books ahead of time and I'm like, oh, all of a sudden this hurts. I'm like, well, what's that about? Well, because we resonate and we vibrate in that frequency. Mm-hmm. So if they're coming to us and booking this appointment and they have like sciatic issues, like sometimes we may need to feel some of their pain to help them. Mm-hmm. But then it's also them helping us get through some of the stuff that we need to block to, to clear our blockage within ourselves. So I'm learning that now even more so even still doing this for almost two decades. But there's always so much to freaking learn with this work and the energy and the expansion of our hearts and healing our hearts to receive. So, yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, I feel like John and my fascia release and Sedona helped me heal my heart where my heart felt really just shattered, incomplete maybe broken, you know, from heart pain and heartache from relationships that didn't work out. But I was able to process all that and heal it through MFR. And I think a lot of times the emotional component of a relationship not working out, you may get over it like you think you get over it. But your body may not get over it. So we need to connect the mind and the body and the emotional body to know that like, I wish I had this like after any breakups. Yeah. <laughs> like just get MFR. If your heart's broken, you had a relationship that didn't work out or get into a fight, get MFR. But now I have clients like that now that had one of them went to the healing seminar after like 30 years of, of marriage, you know, she got divorced or in the process of divorce and separation. And like, I wish people knew the value of like utilizing MFR as being our healthcare, being part of our healing because we need to heal the heart after it's broken or after it's been hurt or after we lost somebody or grief, you know? Because when we have a heart that's hurting, we vibrate just a little bit lower frequency wise. And then we can't receive what we're trying to achieve or we're trying to attain or we're trying to manifest because there's a little counter manifesting there when our heart is not fully open to receive, Mm. right? A lot of lessons there. There's a really big, powerful message for like having an open heart, a healed heart to receive what we're asking for. Yes, absolutely. A few different things we got to unpack there. I completely agree with everything that you said. First, we're talking about being able to feel into other people's, whether it be emotions or pains. And the term for that is being empathic, right? Now, I'm a physical therapist and definitely during physical therapy school, when someone said that, I was like, I don't know if that's real. Now that I've gone further into this work, you encounter empaths all the time. And I also think it highlights the importance of making sure that you're grounded, centered, and intentional with the things that you do because a lot of empaths will start to feel things and they get overwhelmed because they're like, what what is this? Versus if you're grounded, centered, and present, you know what's yours and what isn't yours. I had a clinical instructor who had this ability where he said, sometimes I'll feel my patient's pain. And in my culture, he's Mexican. Uh, Shout out Arturo Valle in Rehab United Escondido. He said, the mark of a healer is you feel into other people's pains. And so I remember there's this one day where he woke, woke up with like immense back pain. And he said, I have a lot of back pain 
and it's not mine. And, I, and as, a, as a student, I was like, what do you mean it's not yours? You're feeling it. And he's like, someone's gonna walk in today that's gonna have back pain. I want you to treat mine so you know where to treat them. And so I treated him, helped him get better. And lo and behold, hours later, somebody comes in, a new evaluation, low back pain. And I treat him exactly the same and it helps him. And so for me, I do get these little downloads of like, oh man, I, when I'm working on someone, my tailbone hurts or my right shoulder will start to hurt. And nine times out of 10, when I go to that area on them, that's where they feel it. And they're like, oh, how did you know how to go there? And so for me, it's just like, oh, I just kind of felt it. Now, if you're new to this work, you might be like, how do I develop those feelings or those abilities? One, just know that it's innate to all of us. But two, not to rush the process. You know, I think for me, as I've done more of this work, and I've experienced and encountered and, in, and connected with more empaths, I think those abilities get shared. So for example, on this last healing seminar that I took, I kind of came back and I was able to sense into other people's emotions and feelings, whereas prior to that seminar, that didn't exist to me. And so I'm able to kind of tap into this space where I think all of us have these innate abilities, but because it's more on the energetic realm and it's not anything that we're taught or learn how to process that we forget them. And so myofascial release serves as a conduit for us to reawaken these abilities Absolutely. that we've always had. Now, can you explain to me and the listeners your process with MFR. So you went to, you got treated, you felt the positive effects, and you can see how it helps with literally every aspect of life. It could be a physical trauma, emotional trauma, which the body will process is just the same, to heartbreak, to arguments, things like that. What is it about myofascial release that allows it to be so helpful in, in so many domains of your life? I, I think what John teaches is all the, the MFR principles should be part of our life principles. And it just goes and mends very well because I think in life when you have direction or when you have some type of intention, it, it's better in, in a sense where instead, instead of like just going through a room where you're, you're blindfolded and you're gonna stumble over things and like not see things and actually injure yourself as opposed to having some guidelines. Mm -hmm. So I feel like MFR's principles have been kind of like my guidelines to live my life, to stay centered, to ground, to stay connected, but also know when to be disconnected. Because there's a purpose for that. There's a purpose for the whole flight, fight, freeze response. And people always want to stay in their body, but there's a purpose when we can access to go in and out of the body. We can access more things when we're out sometimes. But the knowledge of John teaches is to know how to feel what it feels like to be in and out of the body and to be centered enough to be and stay in the body so we can actually heal and feel more. But yeah, that's like John's wisdom right there. I mean, like, come on. So I really try to live my life with the MFR principles. And the one thing that I'm having a hard time is like, well, if you're working too hard, you're working too hard. Well, Asian family, we were taught to work hard. We were taught to earn and to make a living and to work hard. And that's how you can attain things or to have a better lifestyle. So that working hard is uh, was ingrained. It can be generational. It can be gestational too for me. But like now I'm learning, you know, since I've got the business, I've been running, reputation is there. The clients are flowing. They're getting feedback and responses and, and results. Right now, I don't really work hard and 
doing that. I just I have the energy flowing. But right now is the balance of I still love what I do. I can do it like all day every day. But balancing the the physical aspect of actually doing MFR because I have kids that also need me to be present. That's one of my lessons now is to how to to balance my passion and to kind of I can have projects all day every day with like MFR and healing and energy and stuff. But I it's the finding the balance of doing it at the right moment in time and the synchronicity of just having it being done at the right time. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's what I'm kind of working on right now. That's excellent. I I love that you recognize that this might be something generational or something from even beyond your lifetime. I think for our parents, immigrant parents, when they come to America, they're here just trying to survive. And so that strong work ethic comes in because they're in a survival mindset and they pass that on to us and we even had discussions with Jason and Joe because they're Filipino as well and they talked about how yeah you know we recognize that today they want the best for us and they recognize that hard work and making sacrifices and doing these things allowed them to provide for the families that they want that they now have and that's now us now we have a choice here right? We're aware of that and we can either keep going with that or we can say, hey, maybe this doesn't have to be the only way. And I think for us, it's important. And maybe this is because we're both Libras, but it's that balance piece, right? We know that there's a difference between being and doing. And if you're doing all the time, you're not going to be present. But if you're just being all the time, nothing is going to get done. So it is about finding that right balance within us so that we can do the things without burning ourselves out and saying, hey, this is just the way it needs to be or it should be, because it's not necessarily the life that we have to live anymore. Now, with that, I think something that balances us out are our counterparts. Can you talk about how Patrick has influenced, whether it be your MFR practice, your personal life, being a wife, being a mother, how has he played a role? Well, in it's interesting because I just knew that I needed to be with someone just as ambitious, just as driven. And he is just as ambitious, just as driven and just as passionate about doing, you know, purpose work. But I really feel that like, you know, I'm an air sign, I'm Libra, and he's more of a fire sign. Uh, he's at the cusp of Sagittarius and Capricorn. I feel like I'm more woodsy, even at our house, woodsy, that's me. And he's more metal, right? Opposite. I feel like he, we balance each other because he's good at so many things that I'm not good at. But I also think that I'm good at so many things that he's like clueless about. So I think we balance each other out that way. I think if we were so similar and we were so the same, it would be difficult because we're really opposite. (laughs) But it can be difficult, but we also know that we, we made it to the point where that the foundation is our our faith and our love to keep that as the foundation of the structure, you know? So, but yeah, we're really opposite. But, you know, my weakness is his strengths. My strengths is, is are his weaknesses. And I think we kind of balance each other out. And now that I'm learning this whole kind of my independence has been so like clear to me because it was a, a trauma response that like now I'm leaning into like, yeah, you know, I'm taking a backseat now. He's the man of the house and I'm okay with just being not just, but like I'm the female, the strong female present. When I have male energy with my two boys and him, I got to step up my female energy. (laughs) 
so they so i want them to also know like you know as men you can have a female strong energy as well it's the nurturing the caring the loving side that i think most men don't get to allow themselves to be sensitive enough to to nurture their feminine side and it's not all about machismo it's not all about like doing like you said but a balancing of both balancing both of the energies i think is really important yes so i think something that you talk about as whether consciously or subconsciously that you've accepted and i now believe is like you're very much into the energy presence right whether you talk about feminine or masculine or just emotional bodies physical bodies or asterisk bodies whatever it is now einstein has said e equals mc squared so literally everything is energy but we don't necessarily process it in that way and you kind of learn the dances between masculine and feminine for me with Yvette, it's the same thing. And so I will say we have started to develop our faith or I, I'm developing my faith. And something that I have come to learn or something that has resonated with me is the partner that God has sent for you is gonna be your compatible opposite. You know, they're going to be those parts of you that you're not good at. So when I hear you speaking about Patrick, your strengths are his weaknesses and his weaknesses are, and his strengths are your weaknesses. And that helps you guys work together. That being said, because you are compatible opposites, there's gonna be conflicts, right? I think it's totally healthy to have conflicts in your relationships because you're two different people. You're standing up for what you believe in, even though it sucks in the moment. And I'm speaking from personal experience. When me and Yvette get into it, it sucks. But when I can take a step back and look at the bigger picture, and that's more of who I am, bigger picture, I know that she's going to be able to provide in ways that I can't understand now, you know? And something with Faith is like, he challenges you or he wants you to believe, like, don't trust in your heart all the time, trust in God, because sometimes your heart will deceive you. And so with me, I try to remind myself that because when we're in conflict and things are getting out of hand and we're both triggered and thing, emotions are high, it's hard for me to see the bigger picture. And it's, I have those thoughts of myself of, man, I don't know if I could keep doing this. This is painful. Would God send me someone who's putting me through all this pain? But it's because I'm thinking about just myself. Whereas when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, eventually I wanna start a family and have and raise kids. I know for a fact, I have zero doubts that she's gonna be a great mother to our children. And so because of that, it's like, yeah, these little fights and things. And one, we're fighting about dumb things. You know, like whenever I spend a week away or whatever, two weeks away, I'll be like, man, what did we even fight about? I just remember I got riled up. But that is also important to note because a lot of times you don't remember what was said, but you're going to remember how it made you feel. And that is what you're going to hold on to, okay? So where myofascial release comes into play is it allows you to release those feelings and recognize, hey, love is a higher frequency and I've fallen out of love or away from it and it's caused these conflicts when I try to be so prideful and it's gotta be this way is, this is right because of what I think and recognizing, hey, she's a totally different person and she's not gonna process things the same way I do, but that's what makes it beautiful because as a team, you complement each other. If you had someone exactly like you, nothing would get done. And when I'm looking at you and Patrick, it's these little things. You've gotten this little camera setup in which 
you know, as therapists, we're not good with like figuring things out, making th sure things work mechanically, but you have Patrick right there. Just be like, Oh, he just does this all day, every day. So you're like, I don't know how to make this work. Boom. He makes it work. Yes. And so it's not that we need an absence of channel five. You know, I think when we talk about things, a lot of times we're just thinking about black and white. Like it's gotta be this way or that way. Whereas I think the deeper message of channel five and channel three is channel five is there for a reason. It's going to be there to protect you, but most people will give into the fear and live a life of fear of whatever it is, fear of judgment, fear of death, fear of all these different things that gets you to play small. Whereas when you're in channel three, you're more loving, you're more open, and channel three allows you to accentuate your channel five properties. And so it's not a one or the other, it's a delicate balance of both. Absolutely, that's really well said. Thank you. So with that, where are you now at in your MFR journey? Good question. I think it's, I'm at a point where I'm still learning, right? Uh, never ending, but like I'm more into like the energetics and the energy portion of like, I tell all my clients about like, frequency or vibration, right? So love is high frequency, joy is high frequency. Um, and shame, guilt, grief, anger, very low vibration. So when we don't address these, these frequencies, you know, they get stuck in the body. And for me, I feel like where I'm at now with MFR is that like, it, there's just so much more that I would love to do and expand in. And then that's the transition that I'm, I'm at right now, where, where can I take what I know and what I'm still continuing to learn and still be expansive and still be true to my heart, still stay true to the MFR principles that John teaches us. Yeah, it's just exciting time because I'm right. I'm, I feel like I'm at this point right now coming back from Colorado and doing some energy healing classes there. I know my life is going to change like big time because I'm working on the energetic portion of it where, you know, maybe... 15, 20 years ago, I wasn't ready, prepared to, to really go there. I was still just in this human life existence. But now I'm looking at like doing more on an energetic level, not to just gain or have more abundance, but to have more free time to also balance out the joys in life. And I think that's one of my things too, is like one of my lessons is to, again, the balance, but you know, life is, life is short. And I feel like we don't do enough as human beings to do the things that we love. Like I love, we love doing MFR, right? But what else do we love to do? I know you love rock climbing, mm -hmm. right? Me, I love to be in nature. Like I could be out in nature all day, every day and I'll be good. But I think I'm in this point in my career now where I just want to expand more and there's more that I want to do in MFR world, but also the energy portion. And I don't know where that's going to go, but I just know that it's going to be exciting. It's going to cause uh, different shifts energetically in my life and the relationships I have currently with people now, but also the people that I'm connecting with, I feel like I always ask and I always get that message of, of it's okay to ask for signs, right? Like, if you want like Jumanji sign and you want it smack straight in your face to know if you, this is what you want or if this is the right direction you're going, you'll get that Jumanji. Or if you want a you know, small scale five, you'll get that too. We just have to be observant enough to see and ask for signs because there's signs all around us. Like this week, I've been seeing butterflies. I had a dream about a skunk that I got to look up. Um, 
horses and cows because we just visited some like land out here so yeah it's exciting i'm just really excited because i know things are going to change for the better and to also be able to take care of my parents when they're older now to secure their retirement and to hopefully take care of them financially is one of my goals it's a asian filipino things we take care of our elders right but yeah i'm just excited there's a lot going on that i'll probably share with you personally privately but this is what life is about life is so cool because it's evolving it's changing it's expansion there's growth and you know when you said something about your event like the experiences that you're going through even as tough as there is i wish back then i could have said what am i learning from this experience mm -hmm. It's a really a question that people should ask when we're going through challenges, we're going through tough times. I know you might not want to ask yourself this, but like ask the situation of like, what is the lesson here that I need to learn? Because in that way, we're doing that inner work to see it from the bigger picture. Because mm -hmm. I really feel like, and one of the sayings I really tell, you know, life is, is not happening to us, it's for us. Mm -hmm. And when people really see and actually accept that, it changes everything. You know, you could be this person that says, oh, woe is me. Everything's bad happening to me. I got all this happening to me. That's the victim mentality. Yeah. Right. So, but if you can switch that and say, well, oh, what is this teaching me? What do I need to learn from this experience that I can actually heal from or what I can go in deeper to heal the triggers from? It's just things like that. Like I would have never asked myself that 20 years ago, mm -hmm. but it's an evolution of this work and like really being able to accept and embrace the good, the bad, the ugly, and just kind of using it for our, our own advantage. I love that, yes. I think the differentiation you're making is the difference between being wounded and wise, right? Everyone goes through traumas, obstacles, and challenges, but you can have the victim mentality was like, man, this happened to me, I can't believe this, or my parents did this to me. Or you can shift the narrative just by asking, what is the lesson here in which you will gain wisdom, right? When you use the experiences of how you've overcome these traumas, challenges, and obstacles, you now have the tools to help someone do the same thing. And so I love that. Another thing that I can really learn from you is you don't have to have a defined picture of where you're going. You know, you're just saying, I'm just excited for this future. I don't know what's gonna come of it, but I can feel these shifts in these energies. Whereas for me, I like, and I think a lot of people want to have this certainty, right? And we want to say like, oh, if we do these things, then this is the outcome that we'll get. However, it never happens that way, you know? And so for you to be able to just to detach from that process entirely and just being like, yo, I feel a lot of energy shifting. I'm asking God or the universe to show me signs and he's showing them to me and I'm receptive enough to see it. You know, I think a lot of times we get so busy into what we're doing that when God is trying to send us a sign, we think of it as a nuisance because it knocks us off of our regular day of what we are telling ourselves we're supposed to be doing. But we're not supposed to be doing anything, right? Like it's just a process of being. And I think if you come into it with a servant's heart where you're like, I'm here to honestly help people, these are the gifts that I found of myself that I know can help somebody else and utilize those, right? And everybody has their own gifts. Just because Rowena is maybe more in tune with her emotions or can feel certain things that I can't, I don't say, oh man, she's able to do that and I'm not. It's, hey, I have different gifts in which I'm proud of and that I can use to help others. 
So it looks a little bit different, which is totally fine. I think the most important thing that I'm hearing from you is you're doing what feels right to you. Whereas so many times we convince ourselves that the right way to do it is because, oh, this business guru or my parents or so-and-so said this, and we take and lose the power from within us and we give it to those around us. So basically it's like you, you're creating your own path. I really feel that like we all have our path and it could be looked different for everyone else. What's important too is like to really get in touch with our higher self because I think we have everything that we want. It's just in a different plane. Mm -hmm. So how do we attain that, pull that and then ground it to this time frame is really what I'm learning. So I do have like a, you know, a dream and like this whole thing, but I always ask like if it's because when we ask for something, this is what I'm learning. I'm teaching my clients and students. What if there's something better for us? And we're just looking at, oh, let's say I want like this specific car. But what if, what if you're meant to have a better car? And we're just like, okay, with just a rinky dink, like average car. So, you know, now I'm like, I get gung ho because when I know when I have like internal chaos, I'm going through some type of crisis, healing crisis. I just know now that it's like, there's a shift, there's a change. The energy has to be shifting and changing. To be honest, it should be. Like what's life when it just stays, everything stays status quo, right? So what I'm learning now is just like, just embracing that and knowing that like, if we do want something and we have a picture in our head, like you can make it come true. If that's what's the universe is in your alignment with, the universe is going to provide that. So like recently, like I've been, I've always met incredible people in my path that I've always like connected with, network with, or if not, I'll introduce them to someone else so I can network with, or they can network to each other just to connect people. I feel like I'm a connector. Yes, definitely. Right. And I'm good at that. I'm like, oh, you should meet this person, that person. And then you guys do your thing. So, you know, just, I just know that like, I just kind of say now, you know, if it's the greatest good of all for the greatest good of all, so it shall be. But because it has to be good for all, because we may want something that we may get, but what if it's, what if something was better that was coming, but we only had our fo narrow focus on that specific item or that whatever it is, but there was something bigger. You got it. We're just closing the doors for like opportunities to have endless infinity. If you're always attached to who you are, then you'll never be the person that you're meant to be. And I think that's what you're trying to say in terms of sometimes you want this one thing and you're hell bent on getting it this one way that only you can see it, but there's a bigger picture, right? And oftentimes, if you're able to just kind of let go of these hard lines that you have to color within and allow your life to unfold, it often turns out, at least in my experience, better than what I could have imagined at that time. But if you would have asked me at that time, I would have wanted it so perfect on the way that I thought it was supposed to be right. And so, yes, I think a lot of times we go through healing crises because we've gotten off of our path. You know, I think a lot of times when you're finding your joy and your sense of purpose, you can let go of these other things, but it's easy to convince yourself that, hey, you should be doing this because it makes money or because your friends would respect you or look at you in a certain way. And that is where, again, you're giving your power to someone else. Someone who I listen to is Gary Vaynerchuk. And I think it's because his message resonates and also he, he works at his craft and that's why the hours in which he works might seem crazy to us, 
But for Gary, he's like, this is just what I do. I'm not even thinking of it like work. Something that he challenges us to think about is do the thing that you're passionate about. Do the thing that, that brings you joy. I think that is a definite MFR principle where he says, you know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, I'm getting into real estate because it can make a lot of money. And let's say you make 130,000 in real estate, which is a good chunk of change. But let's say, hey, I am super into Pokemon cards and I can talk for hours and hours. I go to these meetups and these trade shows and that's where I find my joy. What if you just started a podcast? What if you just did YouTube channels on everything Pokemon that you could? And if you do that for long enough, because it's not something you think of as labor as work, there's something that can happen because you're finding your joy, you're following it. And let's say, hey, if you were able to make $90,000 doing that, what would that mean to you? And if it's for you, it would be, dude, I could just, I created a living doing something that I can geek out about, which is might not seem cool or whatever to somebody else, but it has to be for me. Whereas that person who did the real estate, sure, you can buy all those toys, the houses, the cars, whatever. But John has said on multiple occasions that he has treated people who have so much wealth where literally they could get anything that they ever wanted, but he feels this deep sadness within them because they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it to put on this facade for others. Well, they're not living a life in their purpose, in their alignment. So they could have all the money and the finances, but if you're not doing what brings you joy and joy is high frequency, right? You're not vibrating where you're supposed to be vibrating. And I see that a lot. And that's why I'm like, just do what brings you joy. And what's, we all have a purpose. I really feel like all of our purpose here. And, and I was searching this in my twenties, like, what the hell am I here to do? Like, what's my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do? And you know what? MFR came in my lap and I'm like, I never even thought about it, but like, oh, wow, I could do this too. I can help people because it's helped me. But this whole thing of like doing something that because you have insurance, you're going to go work at corporate because you're going to have 401k and all this other stuff, security, right? But does it bring you joy to do that work, right? And trust me, I've been there. I've worked in corporate and I've been through that. And I've questioned a lot of like what that was about. And I've learned that like we're all so driven because I feel like I have a purpose, that's why what brings me like fuel and fire is that I know I'm here to do things. I'm here to do stuff. I'm here to help people. I'm here to help bring the collective consciousness to a higher vibration. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's, you know, it's a lot to, to really grasp. But like, that's why I know that I'm in alignment with my purpose because everything falls. I, I meet people, I synchronicity, everything falls in its place. I don't have to be like mapping it out in a blueprint and knowing exactly what it is, but I just throw it up to the universe and it will, it will be the way it's supposed to be. And that's why I don't have like, I don't have anxiety. I don't have like fears of like, the, I just actually, one of my fears is like to be so successful that I have less free time. So I got to change that perspective and know that like, I can still be successful and still have free time. Ooh, what would that be like? Mm. Right. But I also think that like, if we were to evaluate ourselves every 90 days, I think it's an amazing thing. Like, you know, every three months we change, we evolve what we need, to, what we need to change so we can elevate and keep ourselves on that level instead of just staying stagnant and staying like boring. 
you know, that so every 90 days, evaluate yourself, like ask yourself what it is. Have you attained what your goals are, what your intentions are? Have you met them? Da, da, da. All these things to do that inner work to see like, wow, am I really going my path or am I just watching Netflix all day? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a time and place for that, too. Right. But like, I'm just again, I'm just I have this vision and the vision is obviously helping people and like bigger scale now where I can I want to be able to like go not just in Vegas, but maybe in Texas or internationally. I have no idea yet. It's still kind of developing right now what this thing is right now. But it's just exciting because I just know that everything will fall into its place. And that way I can sleep at night. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about any of it because I already know it's already done. Because mm-hmm. if, if I'm in alignment with my purpose and what I'm doing is helping people, it will be and all the people that's going to help me is going to be all lined up all the people i need to meet is going to be all lined up um and like all the people that i need to meet so i can help will be there too so it's just infusing same thing with the business right like what kind of clients do you want to attract it's all about having that like conscious knowing that when you infuse your business with that energy and if it's supposed to be it will be you know when i would hear people oh yeah they're booked out three four five months i was like oh okay but here I am booked out that far too. And it's like, I never would have expected. I just trusted the process. And part of trusting the process, I feel like it's, we have to trust ourselves to know that the answers lie within us. Right. And how do we come to that point is like, we got to do our meditation. We got to connect with source. We got to connect with divine source to kind of have those downloads or have these intuition or these pings or like this gut feelings. We have to connect. Because we are so used to disconnecting. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like like that's just it's huge. It's part of if anyone can actually grasp their hands on that. And I'm sure a lot of these people like Joe Dispenza and all these other new agey people, are. that's what they're doing. They're using energetics. They're using energy healing, epigenetics to kind of make this like an everyday talk where it's not just woo-woo. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be part of our, our everyday talk, even with doctors. Like they should know that like if my emotional body is not healing, it can maybe causing me irritable bowel syndrome. Yes. They say like there's all sorts of metaphysical ailments that it's connected to our symptoms and our ailments. If we kind of open ourselves up to that, to see that it's not just a headache or it's not just uh, your liver, but what if there's anger in your liver? What if there's repressed emotions in your in your kidney or fear in your kidney and your bladder? Because that's like the relation there. Uh, or what if it's generational or gestational? And like now it's coming up in our in our 30s or 40s. Well, why? Well, because well, maybe we weren't ready to process it all that time. When it comes up at a certain age, now's the time your body's like, I want to purge. I'm ready to like go. I want to ready to process. So I I don't question that when that happens. I just know that the body will know when it's time mm-hmm. and the universe will know when it's time. Yes. I love that because you come from a very different background than I do. And we're having this conversation through MFR. But the things that you're saying, me even five years ago would have been like, mild fascia release is authentic healing. And John does a great job of tying together the science of fascia with the energetic work of myofascial release. And it's about creating that resonance, right? When you resonate with others and you sit in the mud with them, it allows them to process things that they maybe couldn't have done on their own. But the secret to your own healing lies deep within yourself. 
You know, I think John says the most important journey or the inner journey isn't the most important journey. It's the only journey, right? But we will always tell ourselves like, oh, but we have to do this or this is more important. I got to do that. And the deep healing within yourself is what's going to help you be a better being, be a better person for your the different roles that you play. You know, I see you as a wife, a mother, a daughter, all these, a sister, all these different interplays that if you are not taking care of yourself and doing the deeper inner healing work for yourself, then all these different relationships could trigger you. And you can only go as far as you've gone. So for you to be able to speak about these experiences, even though it's stuff that I'd be like, okay, that's cool for you, bro, but that ain't for me. For example, like astrology and these kinds of things where I'm like, sure, I can rationalize like the moon has an influence on the ocean and the tides and the waves. So by transitive property, because it has an effect on the ocean, which is a lot of water, then because we're a lot of water, that it has an effect on us. And while yes, intuitively that makes sense, I am not the person who is like, oh, because the star sign over here was here and I was born on this day at this time, I don't know any of that. Is it, does that mean that it's not happening? Not necessarily, because I think we're still part of this bigger consciousness and atmosphere in the universe. But do I use that as a beacon to say, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing? So can you, have you always been that way? Or is that something that you've kind of developed later on? In life? Well, I've always loved astrology. I've always like, yeah, I'm a Libra. I need balance. But it's more so now that I see that like there's a lot of similarities with a lot of what people are going through and this whole age of Aquarius that we're just in and how that plays out in like what's going on in our life. And so, you know, I'm not an astrologer, but there is something to astrology with like, you know, even with back in the days with Plato and Socrates, right? And all those people back then, they were trying to figure it out too. Like, I don't know everything, but I just know that like our vast universe, again, like you said, that's, I always tell people this when people think I, I'm crazy about the, what oceans can be affected by the placement of the moon. So what is that doing to us? Well, maybe in the full moon, we're feeling a little bit more irritable. I don't know, like things like this. Like I never used to think, oh, full moon, the werewolves come out and like, these emotions but i'll tell you like when you have a parasite they will be stimulated during the full moon why oh, there's something with the science and the biology of that i find it fascinating because i feel like there's something there that maybe other people that are more knowledgeable than me can tap into with astrology but it's just something that it's fun too to know like some general signs libra's balance um pisces are more psychic they have more psychic abilities cancers are usually very sensitive beings. So when we, and this is another thing, like when people get sick, we have to ask ourselves, why are they getting sick? Lupus, you know, all these autoimmune diseases. Um, is it because they're not utilizing their gifts and that energy becomes blocked and stagnant and then there's no energy flowing because they're not utilizing what they're here to do is to use these gifts, right? Uh, and they say that a lot, like people that are sick, they're not using their gifted abilities to help this world mm -hmm. or to help themselves. And I truly believe in that. I don't know if there's any research or science. I haven't checked any of that stuff, but I believe in that. So part of us clearing ourselves is doing our purpose, being in our purpose and actually utilizing these gifts. These gifts, what you might ask, what are these gifts? I don't know. Like we all have some type of psychic ability, channeling ability, hands-on healing. And what's the other one? People that can control electronics Ooh. or the weather. 
you know? And so I'm learning a lot of this now. It's just very intriguing because again, there we don't have a manual for all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just really interested in what how this pans out because there's a lot more smarter people out there that know this stuff. I don't know everything. I just know some general stuff. Sure. But it's fun. Definitely. Uh, it's been a wild ride in the best of ways. I think something that you spoke about was about diseases, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go to traditional healthcare, you're looking for a diagnosis in which there's a protocol to follow and this, that, and the other. The problem with that is our society kind of believes that the human is just a bag of chemicals. Oh, you're feeling depressed? Take these antidepressants. You're feeling this? Take these medications. Whereas what you recognize for me is you got to look deeper beyond just yourself, you know? I think these things happen for you to wake up, for you to say, oh, something's wrong with my body. What is it that is causing this? Instead of saying, oh, these are my symptoms, what gets rid of my symptoms? And with myofascial release, it's such a great tool to help people because disease, if you just break it down into its its Latin roots, it's dis-ease, a lack of ease. And diseases are really just thwarted inflammatory responses. And when your fascial system gets dehydrated and that ground substance solidifies, your body's not gonna move very well. It's gonna feel tighter. And in addition to that, oftentimes there's emotional energetic blockages in your fascial system as well. So once you're able to release those, that deeper work, that deeper inner healing can come up where you thought, hey, I didn't even recognize that when I was criticized as a kid that that's causing me to react in certain ways. When I got beat up when I was over at this age, that that has an influence. I, you know, because that happened so many years ago, I didn't think that that continued to bother me or influence my life. But when you're able to get into a channel three, it's called the hypnagogic, uh, hypnagogic state that's where the healing can happen. And oftentimes these subconscious holding patterns will surface and allow you to process it with the right therapist. So before we get out of here, can you kind of share anything that, whether it be through business, personal life, that you feel like you want to share with the audience? I just want people to receive myofascial release. The people that know me know that like, I talk about it all the time. I've, I've toned down a little bit because it's like, okay, well, the information's there. If you're ready to receive it, you know where to go. You know where to find me or you know where to go on the online. I just feel like my fresh release has come to this time now. Like it's that hundredth monkey that John talks about. And it's just exciting to know that like, gosh, people are just ready. They're ready to do their emotional healing, their physical healing, and even be more spiritual, even though they're not so religious or this, that, or the other. But I I just want people to get the healing that they need and that they can receive the healing because it's twofold. It's about giving and receiving. I really find that I think the more, and people that know me that know this, the more that we can tell other people, the more other people can find the help that they need. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get, unfortunately, you're not going to get into the doctor's office. The people that find us, it's usually, well, I, you know, I get referrals from doctors now and I treat doctors too, but like the majority of the people that find us, they're doing their own research. The more we tell people like our own experience and share our own experience, that's what you're doing with this podcast. Like the more we share our own personal experience with the healing and the energy and MFR, there's someone out there listening. 
that may have irritable bowel syndrome, but they don't know that that's our stomach is our feeling intelligence. And they haven't processed the emotions that get stuck in our gut that can cause the label of IBS, yes. right? So for me, it's all about just sharing, just keep sharing, keep talking about MFR because it, it's also raising the energy, creating more awareness to healing and it's raising the MFR status, right? And what John calls like the evolution of MFR, there's this evolution now and revolution, I think he calls it. Um, I kind of call it like the forward movement of MFR, but just to make it more mainstream. Yes. And the, how do we do that? We share our experience. We share our results. We share our own personal results and maybe some before and after pictures that I share. The physical changes are the easiest to see, but it's the internal changes that the patient or client feels that's the most impactful. Before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much for hopping on this podcast. Getting to know you and Patrick has served a greater purpose for me that I didn't always see. And now it's just kind of cool to have this full circle moment to where you're in Texas looking at different opportunities. And I knew that I had to come down and at least have this conversation. And I think we're going to have brunch right after this. But thank you for being so open and honest with us, sharing what might seem a little bit taboo to the general population, but it's what's true to you. And that's something that we can all learn from. It's to be true to ourselves. Oh, one more thing. When we when we talked in June, was it June? July, whenever. Yeah. Well, my website was down for some time. My website is live. It's been live for like a week or two, I think. So I know you were getting on me on that, but like, you know what? The timing had to be, and I feel like uh, what's in there is good. Excellent. And how do people find you? So uh, my website is um, bodymfr.com. You can find me on Instagram at bodymfr.com. Facebook. What's the other social stuff? I'm not on TikTok. I'm not there. Okay. But Instagram, Facebook, MFR Insight, email rowena at bodymfr.com, and my website, bodymfr.com. Perfect. Thanks, Unu. You do so. You do such good good like this whole interviewing process so i want to commend you for how far you've come and to give yourself credit because hey you, you're like you're one of us that kind of like sees the woo-woo now and sees it sees it as a good thing it's not even woo-woo anymore it's, it's not it's literally like this is authentic healing it is authentic yeah. healing you can't take the energy out of the healing mm -hmm. and the emotional body I thank you so much for saying that. You know, I took a risk and it's just kind of unfolded in ways I wouldn't have expected. How do you, brother? But you gotta be willing to trust the energy and take those leaps of faith. So thanks again so much for joining me on this podcast. Absolutely, podcast. my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Myofascial Health. I help myofascial release therapists create beautiful websites for their MFR practices even if they aren't tech savvy. If you're just starting your MFR practice or you're an experienced MFR practice owner, learn more about how it can help at www.myofascial.health website.